When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to the HEAL Podcast. I'm Kelly Noonan-Gorris, and every week I speak to the leading doctors, healers, spiritual teachers, and scientists to find out what is truly possible when it comes to healing. I also interview real people with extraordinary healing stories. My philosophy is what's possible for one is possible for all. And I've discovered on my journey that so much more is possible than we can begin to imagine. Hi, everyone, and welcome back to the Heal Podcast. I'm so excited about my guest today. I've been following him for a long time. I was actually on your podcast um, long was, ago when Heal came out. It was ago, like, yeah. you know, probably the first iteration. But um, Dave Asprey, father of biohacking, a just crazy entrepreneur. I think you're running like eight companies or something. We'll get into that. Uh, and best selling author um, of Smarter Not Harder and, and The Bulletproof Diet right and many others probably yeah there's a big book on longevity called superhuman that's been a perennial favorite because it's one of the books that's helped this idea that we are extending human lifespan and it's not one of those like all you can do is exercise and die when you're 85 healthy <laughs> which is where a lot of people it's like gross yeah so no, there's a whole group of thousands of researchers and doctors what oh we're going to double human lifespan in this lifetime and it's actually happening so i'm one of those guys yeah you are yeah. i heard you wanted to live to 180 at least 180 i don't want to you know, put a cap on it okay <laughs> i love it well i am getting on the bandwagon because i would like to live uh but even just now just wanting to get back um as you know i I love this idea. We'll just dive right in. I love the idea of the laziness principle. What do you call it? Because I feel like I'm very blessed genetically, but I've also learned so much, obviously, in the world that I operate in. Um, but like, you know, I've, I'm like a qualitarian, but I, I still indulge in life and I'm just, I'm ticking along. I look like the pillar of health, but I could do a lot better, but I'm pretty lazy when it comes to like, I'm not rigid when it comes to health. So I just right. want to like biohacking is what I need so that I can make small tweaks and really continue to support these shortcuts I've been taking my whole life that are eventually going to catch up to me. I don't know if they're going to catch up to you. Like imagine this, you have a guy who comes in and you say, I'd like you to dig a ditch. And he goes, I'm a really hard worker. I'm going to get a shovel. And the next guy comes in and says, you know, I'm lazy. I'm just going to bring in my trencher, which is a kind of tractor that digs trenches in a you know, half hour. Like, which guy are you going to hire? Trencher guy. Yeah. Right. And what did you lose by that? What, what was the downside? Well, it costs a little bit more for the technology, but it was worth it because you got it done and you can keep going on with life. So sometimes there's a trade-off, and sometimes it's an efficiency game. What I learned from launching Smarter Not Harder, which is my most recent book about fitness and longevity, uh, is that talking about laziness is almost as good as talking about death if you want people to stop listening. <laughs> and and here's, here's what it is. We've been taught since we were little kids that being lazy is bad, and no one will love us if we're lazy. 
right? You know, your coaches say it, your teachers say it, your parents say it, you know, your friends say it. And so when you're a grown up and you're now responsible for motivating yourself and you wake up in the morning and you have a warm, cozy bed and whatever kind of muffins you would eat for breakfast and sleeping in or waking up and going to the gym. One of them always feels way better than the other in the moment. Which is it? But staying in that cozy bed eating a muffin. Exactly. (laughs) But we think there's something wrong with us because we want the bed and the muffin. And the message in Smarter Harder is no, that's biology. Because for two billion years, famines and lack of energy have resulted in things dying, including us. So every cell in your body is screaming at you, look at this beautiful bed, look at those juicy muffins, or whatever muffins are, moist. (laughs) But it's like, these are so good. And then your logical brain says, well, I know that I, if I go to the gym, I'm better off, but I know that I should want to go to the gym. And the message in Smarter Not Harder is actually, no, you should not want to go to the gym because that would be a violation of what has kept us alive for two billion years. Mm -hmm. The fact that your body wants the bed and your mind wants the gym is normal and healthy. Facing that you have laziness, which is another word for efficiency in every cell in your body, it means you can drop the shame and guilt over your desire to go or not go to the gym. And then we can hack that system, which is a beautiful thing. And this is something new in personal development and in, in fitness at least it's new from anything I've ever been able to find. And it goes back to marketing. You ever notice how companies will offer you a coupon, like at the grocery store, and like it's $2 off. And like, oh, $2 off, I have to buy that. But $2 isn't gonna change your life or my life. But to your body, $2 feels like a lot more than $2 because it's savings, Mm -hmm. it was free energy. So companies use this all the time to motivate us to do stupid stuff by giving us small savings because they feel big. So the way you flip the script on your own body to get yourself to go to the gym, or better yet, to go into an upgrade labs, which saves you a huge amount of time over the gym, or just read Smarter Not Harder, and it'll tell you all the things that save you time to get the same or better results than picking up rocks and running away from tigers, which is what the gym really is. So (laughs) if you do this, you simply tell yourself in the morning, I'm going to save a half hour at the gym today because I'm not going to spend an hour. I'm going to do it better. And the body's saving a half hour. That's almost as good as the muffins. And then the pain of going to the gym is much less. All you have to do is acknowledge that every feeling of laziness that you have comes from your body's desire to not starve to death and run out of energy. Mm -hmm. They're not bad. They're old survival impulses. There's nothing wrong with you. And then to say, okay, now that I have that, let's just put a little hook in that and say, all right, you want to save some energy? Here's how we're going to save energy at the gym. And then your resistance dissolves and you can get it done. And if you need the coupon, that's what's in Smarter Not Harder. All of the things that put muscle on faster than lifting, all the things that do cardio about 10 times less work than what you think it is, as well as even things for improving your brain, improving your ability to manage stress. It's all possible and AI actually helps a lot of it happen. So there's a whole chain of biohacking startups called Upgrade Labs today that are based on that. It's a franchise that's opening across the country because going to the gym doesn't work very well and your body knows it and that's why your body says, eat the muffins. 
And you have a personal experience with that, just to back that up, because <clears throat> yeah. you weren't always this, you know, biohacking uh, pillar yeah. of health, That's shirt sure. off in men's health. Uh, just give us a background on kind of where you discovered yeah. this and, and how you got on this path. I used to weigh 300 pounds. I still have the stretch marks in men's health, like zoom in, you're like, oh. <laughs> and <clears throat> I also had really bad brain fog in my 20s. Uh, to the point I was diagnosed with chronic fatigue syndrome. I had toxic mold-induced brain damage diagnosed by Amen Clinics. A high risk of stroke and heart attack, prediabetes. I was on antibiotics for 15 years every month for sinus problems. And really kind of a shit show when it comes to health in general. So of course I did what you're supposed to do. I'm going to lose the weight no matter what it takes. I've had two knee surgeries by the time I'm 21 arthritis diagnosed at 14, like the worst possible biological start you could get. And so I'm gonna go to the gym and I'm going to do it with all of my willpower. So for 18 months, six days a week, for 90 minutes every day I was in the gym, half weights, half cardio. And you'd think after that, oh, and I wanted a low fat, low calorie diet too. <laughs> at the end of that, you think I would have lost some weight. It didn't. I still weighed 300 pounds. I still had a 46 inch waist. And I remember I was sitting at Carl's Jr. with all my friends, and they're all lean. And I thought to myself, every one of them is eating the double Western bacon cheeseburger and fries. I'm having the chicken salad with no dressing, oh, and no chicken, because there's too many calories in chicken. Mm. And I'm like literally starving myself, that gnawing hunger that you have all the time, and you just lean into it like, that's a sign I'm gonna lose weight. It's actually kind of self-abuse, mm. to be honest. I was malnourishing myself. And I just realized, maybe I'm eating too much lettuce. That's not what I realized. <laughs> what I realized was I'm actually doing everything that's supposed to work and it's not working. Mm -hmm. So that was a big wake up call for me that I'm just not going to do what's supposed to work. I'm going to use these hacking tools that are part of what I learned in my career in Silicon Valley, where if I want to take over your computer system, I don't need to know everything about it. I just need to test if I do this, does it do that? If I do this, does it do that? And then just do more of what works. So I started measuring my body, quantifying my body, and looking at all the different things I did, and testing things. And I went to Nepal and Tibet and learned meditation from the masters. I looked at all the alternative approaches that, as a computer science guy, I would have been like, those are stupid. There's no way they could work. <clears throat> the reality is that almost everything we think we know about biology in the universe is probably not how it actually works. It's just a really good story that helps us think about it. Mm -hmm. So we don't know how stuff works. Uh, we have some very reliable models that will probably be blown up in 100 years from now. So you don't need to know why something works to know that it works. If you take a match and touch it to a piece of paper, it's pretty reliable what's going to happen there. And if you can explain fire, good for you, but you don't need to. Mm -hmm. And biohacking is like that. It's the definition when I started the movement change the environment around you and inside of you so you have control of your own biology and that means that if you're a mom who's like how do i manage kids how do i manage feeling my energy and maybe a career and all these different competing things i just want my energy and i want to look and feel like myself and maybe i want my libido to be somewhat stable right or maybe you're saying i want to be the fastest sprinter on the planet totally different goals same bucket of tools you can use and most of what we've been told by the exercise industry and by big food and especially the government about our health is so either 1950s or worse. It's just actually negative. 
So you could try it, just see if it works. And it's not that hard to measure it anymore. So only do what works. Turns out your body doesn't listen to you very well, although it can. It listens to everything around you. What time did you wake up? Where was the sun? What kind of water is available? What sort of food is available? Is it noisy and chaotic or is it calm and peaceful? Do I see trees? Am I breathing clean air or dirty air? All of those go into feelings that you experience far after your body's already decided. Are you in a peaceful, safe place or are you in a dangerous place? Yes, it's all <clears throat> this whole you know evolutionary thing of survival and how our biology works and, and hacking that. Yeah. But isn't there, you know, I know in the Bible, I think people said back in those days, people lived for 400 years, 200 years. I don't know what's true, but isn't there, even if we could, you know, prolong aging, isn't there just a natural degeneration cycle? Like what, have you figured that out um, mm -hmm. of what is like, it's 180 is two, is, is your goal based on something that you've discovered on like what's, what would be possible if we were optimally functioning as we're designed? Oh, I, I channeled it from my guides. Okay, <laughs> it's it's actually very <laughs> it's very scientific. Uh, today, our current best is about 120 years old. Okay, so we have people walking around, not a lot, but some. Now, let's see. In 1900, we hadn't invented airplanes yet. In fact, there were people saying there is no way man will ever fly one year before we first flew, and that's happening in longevity right now. The the doctors saying we will not extend human lifespan. Biohacking is not a thing. I'm like. Oh, you're one of those Luddites. That's cool. Uh, but it means you're not in the longevity field. You're in the anti-longevity field. So number one, it's possible. And just because people say that you can't do it, those people are not basing it on science. Because in the last 30 years, and I've run an anti-aging nonprofit for more than 15 years. I learned biohacking from people in their 80s when I was in my 20s. My, or I would say our elders taught me what I now call biohacking from the field of longevity because this is what made me well again in my 20s and gave me my brain back, gave me my health back, helped me lose 100 pounds. And I've, of course, run with it and iterated. But if we can do it and you go back 100 years, there's no airplanes. They couldn't spell DNA. It's not that hard to spell. They just know about it. <laughs> Mitochondria weren't noticed. What else did we not have? Antibiotics. We didn't have the Internet. And right now, the amount of knowledge we have about biology doubles every 72 days, and it's accelerating. Wow. And no human, including your doctor, is capable of taking it all in right now, but AI is. So with all of these advantages, do you think in the next 100 years, we can do 50% better than our current best? So if you look at it through that lens, I think I'm being very conservative. Now here's what would block us. Number one, companies spraying things that disrupt your hormones on your food, things like glyphosate and in the US in particular atrazine, uh, microplastics or destruction of the topsoil, which is also happening because of glyphosate. These are the things that are going to mess with us in the 100, 130 additional year time frame, mm -hmm. right? We have to fix those things. And by the way, I didn't mention carbon because if you fix the soil, carbon fixes itself. So I'm all about grass-fed animals. Animal poop can save the world because mm -hmm. that's what buffalo did when they walked around and made the soil healthy and soil's our biggest carbon sink. And if you have that lens and, and you just look back, all the innovation that happened, phones, much less mobile phones, happened over the course of just 100 years. Mm -hmm. We went from steamships to trains to cars, to self-driving cars in a hundred year time frame, we can decode the human genome. 
some of the companies I'm working with can detect single photons coming off of a subcellular component, read the information in it, and then play it back to the cell to cause the cell to behave differently. And you think we can only live 85 years because that's what we last saw in a study? <laughs> like, sorry, you're not a doctor. You're not a longevity guy if you believe that. Yeah. You're actually a skeptic. Our job as human beings is to look at the glass and say, it's interesting what's in there. Not, it's half full, it's half empty. It's neither one. You just want to be curious about things and expansive. And given what I've seen in the last 25 years of what we understand and what we know, we are continuously improving. And the rate of improvement is so strong that the diseases that we fear today are within the next five years largely within our control to change and already many of them are there's a lot of people listening who don't know that when i was running bulletproof you know that c8 mct oil that i've been talking about i made it into a billion dollar industry category actually uh, oh there's studies out there that show it reverses early stage alzheimer's disease and probably helps to prevent it now when i was selling mct oil i wasn't allowed to say that because, well, there's regulations, at least in the US, about that, because no food can ever heal you from anything according to law. Now, law and reality are oftentimes opposed, mm -hmm. especially in the US lately. So is it possible that there's a few less percentage of Alzheimer's people because we made a change to our food? Gee, I sort of think so based on the science. Mm -hmm. This stuff is happening all the time. You don't even know it. But the environment of your food, the environment of your supplements, the environment of your relationships, all of those were getting better and better at just knowing what works. So I'm more excited than I've ever been. And sure, there's like random political people and like government people in Switzerland doing bad stuff. It's not like there haven't always been. Just go back to the 1940s. If you want to see real evil in government, it's not like it changes that much. We mm -hmm. go through cycles. But we're still improving as a species, and I'm very hopeful. Yeah, and one of your missions is to upgrade humanity. Yeah. This episode is made possible by Armra. I hate to say it, but I'm aging. Yep, it's true. I can tell in my face, the fine lines, the saggy skin. Ugh, I want to age gracefully and beautifully, but without the need for fillers and Botox. And then I met Armra, my savior, my new favorite collagen that reactivates glowing skin. But how, you ask? Armra colostrum strengthens the skin barrier and activates your body's own stem cell collagen production to improve skin elasticity, increase hydration, and combat acne and age-related changes for a clear, radiant complexion and glowy skin. And I am here for it all. Colostrum has been called liquid gold because it acts as an immune blueprint with unparalleled health benefits. To date, there are over 5,000 published studies documenting the benefits of colostrum and its ability to optimize health at all stages of life. Besides improving skin, Armour Colostrum strengthens immunity, ignites metabolism, fortifies gut health, and powers performance and recovery. All the things important to make you feel and look your best from the inside out. I have to add this too. Bovine colostrum, which is what Armra is made from, has been linked to fewer respiratory tract and GI infections in children and adults, including recent studies showing bovine colostrum is three times more effective than the flu shot at preventing flu. This alone has me taking it every day this wild winter. 
We've worked out a special offer for my audience. Receive 15% off your first order. Go to tryarmra.com slash heal or enter heal to get 15% off your first order. That's T-R-Y-A-R-M-R-A dot com slash H-E-A-L. This episode is also brought to you by Bite. I've been using clean fluoride and chemical-free toothpaste for decades, but they all have the same plastic tubes that lead to so much waste in our landfills and oceans. And no matter how much my Air Force-trained father tried to get me to neatly roll up the tube from the bottom for maximum efficiency and minimal mess, I just always squeeze from the convenient middle. But recently, I found Bite toothpaste bits and I am a changed woman. Bite makes these dry toothpaste tablets that come in these beautiful reusable glass jars, which are good for you and the planet. You just pop one in your mouth, chew on it, and start brushing with a wet toothbrush. It foams up just like the normal stuff. I'm not going to lie, it takes a little bit of getting used to, but when you learn that over 250,000 pounds of plastic were kept out of landfills because of Bite users, you will become as obsessed as I am. Not only does my mouth feel so clean and fresh, but my conscience is clean too. My other absolute favorite Bite product is the whitening gel. I brush it on my teeth with this adorable little wooden brush that it comes with, and just a couple minutes later, I brush rinse, and my teeth are super sparkly white again. Bite is offering our listeners 20% off your first order. Go to trybite.com slash heal or use code heal at checkout to claim this deal. That's trybite.com slash heal. T-R-Y-B-I-T-E dot com slash H-E-A-L. Actually, when I was listening to your book, um, the audio version of this book, Smarter, not harder. I learned that you have Asperger's. I had Asperger's. Had Asperger's. Okay, tell me about that. But also, it just, I've always like had this thought that these complex, I mean, you just, I think your ability to retain information or look at things differently, like I'm like trusting you because I feel like you can learn all of this stuff and do the research a hundred times faster than the normal brain. So, Mm. what is that? mean to oh, for you i can okay. walk you through it okay. this is really interesting and i've given talks at autism conferences and uh this is a big focus for me in uh, probably from 25 to 35. i realized in my mid-20s like oh my god i have asperger's and it was an article in wired magazine that talked about this in adults and they had a, a quiz the the basic diagnostic quiz if you score you know 50 out of 50 you totally have it if you're above 40 yeah you have it and it's kind of a sliding scale so i was something like 45 out of 50 of the diagnostic questions but my father's entire family all of them except for one person scored their grandmother phd nuclear engineer grandfather <laughs> a phd physical chemist who co-invented the process for purifying plutonium for uh, nuclear reactors, like deep nerds. Wow. You think it might run in the family? <laughs> what do you think? Right? And it, and it does. In fact, it was one of my grandmother's uh, great curiosities. Like, why am I this way? So she was very introspective and was, what about hormones in the womb and all this? But what autism really is, is chronic autoimmune neuroinflammation. And sometimes it can be neuroinflammation from something besides your immune system, but it's usually immune-based. What that means is that the we'll call them wires but the nerves that carry information from the environment around you into your brain they have a lot of static on them and your brain usually has mitochondrial poisoning so you can't make enough electricity in your computer 
and the signal that comes in has a lot of static and fuzziness. So imagine that you know I'm trying to talk to you, and you're trying to figure out all, and and you're going. You have to listen really, really carefully. And what it does is it creates stress in the person. So it's a noisy environment. And you see these autistic kids, you know, will be stemming and all that stuff. They're trying to deal with neurological overwhelm, mm. right? And they're trying to what is the signal and the noise, and then it hurts because there's too much. And so a lot of the oddities that we would identify in people on the spectrum are them trying to adapt to the environment. And what the brain does over time is kind of magical. Because it's running in a very low energy environment with very, very bad noise, like bad signal quality, you become super powered at picking up a signal out of the noise better than anyone else. And that's why you have these amazing powers that pop up sometimes when people are on the spectrum because their brain hyper focus on doing it very efficiently. And when you look at a brain like Einstein's brain, it's not bigger, it's just more efficient. So the less energy you can use to come up with a high quality solution, the smarter you are. Well, if you take a brain that's on the spectrum and you fix energy production, hello, coffee with butter, coffee with MCT oil, hello detoxing, core biohacking techniques. Today, my coffee company is called Danger Coffee because it has added minerals. Oh, you have the ceremonial grade Danger Coffee. <laughs> oh, okay. This, this comes out like once a quarter. This oh is my our gosh. super high-end um, premium thank coffee you. meant for sharing. Oh my gosh, thank you. The idea there is that it turns out those fats can help to repair the myelin sheath, which is the insulation on the nerves, which is usually compromised in Asperger's. When you fix the, the brain power in production, now you have a brain that's hyper-efficient and full-powered, and then you still have to fix the wiring, and that usually is toxin removal, in my case, toxic mold, for sure, and probably some bacterial stuff, um, and a lot of stuff in the womb is, is commonly a part of it. Uh, maternal lack of folic acid genetics called MTHFR that we understand today. Uh, and even just a high grain diet in moms or low animal fat diet in moms. Sorry, hormones are made out of saturated fat, not canola oil. So is it any wonder we have problems? So anyway, you resolve those things and now you have a body that can carry a signal from the environment and a brain that is capable of doing things normal brains never had to learn how to do because they weren't that stressed. The problem is your brain doesn't know what to do because it's not trained. So part of my path was I spent, oh, about six months, somewhere between three and six months, every weekend reprogramming my brain to see because it turns out to save energy, my body or my brain automatically turned off my left eye. So almost all, you can't see it, you don't know. Almost all the time, it was just too much work to see through both eyes because I didn't have enough electricity. So that was the behavior my body learned without any knowledge or consent from me. And I had to learn to turn on that eye. And then I had to learn how to see again. I had to learn how to have peripheral vision. Because my whole life, I was going through a tunnel vision and I didn't know it. No. How would I not know? No. Everyone's like you when you're little, you think that. So I fixed my vision. And by the way, I went from 2060 or 2080 uh, with astigmatism back to 2015 with no astigmatism. I repaired my eyes without needing glasses. Wow. Uh, and there's an episode or two on the human upgrade on my podcast where I talk about eye training okay. because you can do that. Great. I need it. I'm, I'm just now starting to like oh, feel yeah. the deterioration. I was like, no, I've made it this far. No glasses. And I mean, I'm, 
my lab tests say I'm 39 and the calendar says I'm 51. Um, and so I can read the super fine print on the back of a vitamin bottle. I don't use reading glasses. And even last eye exam I had, they're like, your eyes aren't yellowing the way that people's eyes yellow over time and that your flexibility is off the charts. Like, we don't know what you're doing, but it's probably your diet and those weird true dark glasses you wear. <laughs> this is one of my companies as well. Uh, because I protect my eyes from the LED lighting that's indoors that actually harms your eyes. Oh, Who would have thought? Sorry. <laughs> Yeah, I don't say anything. <laughs> yeah. not, not throwing shade. Okay, next. But if I could throw shade, it would be over my eyes. Sorry. <laughs> so, you know, all these things are possible. That was just my eyes. And then I had to reprogram my hearing. Because another thing that you have when you're on the spectrum is you have a hard time sorting sounds out. So if you're neurotypical, when sounds come in, your brainstem says, this is a voice, and this is all the crap around you, and it automatically turns off all the crap around you. When I go into like a noisy bar or something like that, today, because I've retrained my ears, I'm about 80% better than I used to be, but I would sit there and I couldn't hear anything. It was just all jumbled and people would talk and I would like really strain and focus and it's exhausting. So you, 20 minutes in that noisy environment, I'm like my brain is cooked. I just, like, I, I don't know what else they're saying and I get really tired and then I would want to go home. And I'm a lot better now, right? Still. I don't know anyone, why would you go to a bar to like talk to people? Because it's so damn, <laughs> it just seems stupid to me. I, I like restaurants where you can eat. But uh, I fixed that and that was also incredibly tiring. And then I had to turn on some parts of my brain that weren't turned on. So I've been doing neurofeedback for 25 years. It led me to create 40 years of Zen, which is my high-end executive celebrity sports professional brain training program in Seattle. You come up for five days and we give you a brain upgrade. I spent six months with electrodes on my head developing that program and rewiring myself so that I could be present. When you have Asperger's, environmental things will take your nervous system and dysregulate it. You can learn to have conscious control of your nervous system and to regulate yourself. And when you have a well-regulated nervous system, it will regulate the people around you as well. Mm. If you just know how to do it and you know how to do it with power. Since biohacking is about turning on the power in your cells to have energy, you do that work first, then you do the resetting all the Asperger stuff if you need to, and then you do the personal development work. And when you're done, you have a field that will change other people around you. And you can do it consciously, or you can fall off and be like, I'm, I'm not feeling really good today, and then everyone around you is like acting like a jerk. Some of it's your ego telling you they're acting like jerks, and some of it's probably because you can dysregulate someone or you can regulate someone. And you, some of it is you do it with your voice and the way you talk and things like that, but that's manipulative. And most of it you actually do with a field that starts from the middle of your chest and you put that out there. You can learn what it looks like. You can learn the shape of it. You can learn to move it around. These are things all humans can do. It just takes work. And it used to take sitting in a cave for 20 years. I'll sit in a neuroscience facility for five days. Thank you very much. I'm busy. Me too. I'm, I'm signing up as soon as this interview is over. I actually thought about doing it five years ago or whenever oh you, gosh. yeah, I know. So it's, it's happening. <clears throat> I need it. It's getting better and better. So exciting. Um, as you're saying that, and this is not a planned question, but as you're talking, I'm realizing, you know, my nephew is on the spectrum. Um, and we'll get to just like something that just little things that they can do without doing all of this, but <clears throat> MCT oil seems like a good start. Um, but based on this like devastating statistic that autism is on the rise and glyphosate and all the other things that are contributing, I'm thinking now perhaps in the positive spin and all the work you're doing, you know, perhaps this is a, a 
population of people and youth that have this gift in their brain and then given the right tools to raise the power and the energy could actually become like the next you know human upgrade it it certainly is possible we can also teach brains that are neurotypical to have the kind of powers we're talking about oh good it's a it's just a training issue your brain says look i need to come up with the best answer to the current problem that i'm presented with in the least possible energy so if you had a problem that you really wanted to solve you could look at it and go mm, it's probably this one and then you could convince yourself that's the right answer but if you said you know i'm going to set aside a whole day i'm going to go to my favorite spot in the forest with a you know five cups of coffee that's what i would do uh, and uh, <laughs> you know and a pen and a journal and i'm just going to really ponder this and i'm going to write about it and i'm going to consult with a couple of trusted friends i'm really going to think through it and maybe i'll make a spreadsheet if you're cognitive on it you might come up with a very different nuanced solution but it's really energetically and time expensive you would believe that answer as much as you believed your first answer because your brain is wired okay it's my job to make a decision once the decision is made it is true and then you feel like it's true when you move forward in life. This is how advertising works. This is how all of politics work. Like you really think you're feeling about whatever candidate you think you like? You really think that's based on reality? No, but it felt real. So you said, I'm gonna cast my vote and do whatever. So what if it was possible to teach your brain to do better decision-making because it had more energy? If, if it has an abundance of energy and you can use the cheap algorithm or the one that gives you a better answer, it'll let you automatically use the better answer algorithm because it doesn't cost anything it doesn't have. So an abundance of energy equals better decision making. And that's why biohacking is all about turning on energy in your cells. It turns out energy also is what drives all of the things that keep your body maintaining itself so that you can live a long time. So there's really no downside to it. And what we can do with a neurotypical brain is we can teach it to be more efficient and we can teach it to stop ruminating on old stuff and we can teach your nervous system to be less reactive. Now, there's a lot of people listening who are going to say, Dave, I looked it up, 40 years of Zen is $16,000. It's five days in an executive mansion with a chef and you know, neuroscientists on, on hand. and It's everything I can do all at once for a massive brain upgrade to replace you know, 40 years of meditating daily. Um, but I don't have $16,000, so what do I do? What I'm doing now is at my franchise company called Upgrade Labs. This is a biohacking franchise, and we've got 27 locations around the U.S. signed, and you can, we're opening more. You can go to ownandupgradelabs.com and open a biohacking facility. And one of the biohacks that's available there is the custom-built neuroscience that comes out of 40 Years of Zen. So you can do half-hour sessions. It's not the same... Uh, in-depth um, yeah, yeah. personal development like transformational stuff but it's it's a meaningful state change so come in and depending on whether your goal is longevity cognitive upgrade stress reduction losing weight gaining muscle more energy all these things you, you get to pick your goal and we measure where you are and then we use ai to figure out the best path through all the different technologies so it's way less time than the gym and you come out like oh my god like i got i got the body i wanted but my brain works thank god and i have energy and like i like my life again that's the goal because I had to do all this. It just cost me $2 million to do all that. And it shouldn't cost you that. That's good. And how many are the upgrade labs popping up all over just for? They, they are. And it, it depends. 27 is a lot of locations. Yeah. So they're in Canada. They're in the U.S. 
Um, we're open in Meridian, Idaho. We're open in Utah. Okay. Uh, and it, uh, it's, it, there's lots of people. Let's see, Austin is probably the next one that's going to open on Fifth Street. Uh, and our franchisees are working really hard, and I'm working really hard to support them as they're each opening their own business. They're opening it based on the template that I created and evolved since I opened the first one underneath Arnold Schwarzenegger's office in Santa Monica about eight years ago. Amazing. That's exciting. Um, <clears throat> yes, access is good. So we can all. Yeah. I just realized I forgot something to mean to cut you That's off. okay. I'm sorry. Um, Smarter Not Harder, uh, the, the book. I, yes, it's not free. It's whatever, 20 bucks or something. It won't change my life if you do or don't buy it, I promise. <laughs> but all of the things I'm talking about here, the free version is in the book. The thing that doesn't cost anything. Mm -hmm. And it's really important to understand. I do the crazy biohacks that billionaires are doing. In fact, I create some of them. And they will become available for all of us over time. It's the same as mobile phones in 1985 or something. Only the, they were like, <laughs> yeah, it's like the whole trunk of your car and it's only like a studio executive and everyone's like, who does that guy think he is talking on the phone? And yeah. now we're driving into bridges while texting. You know. <laughs> so it, it's a matter of speeding up access, which means you have to know it's possible and you have to know that highly successful people are doing it and we will make it for you because you will demand it. And when someone tells you to do something stupid, like go to the gym five days a week for an hour a day, it doesn't work. Very few people get results from that. In fact, oftentimes like me, you get negative results because you can overtrain, uh, and you're not training in the right way or you're training inefficiently. I just want you to have all the energy and all the time back. So I had to do this for myself. Might as well do it for everyone. And now it's a few hundred dollars a month instead of build a million dollar biohacking facility in your barn, which is what I did to do this. <laughs> well, thank you for laying the groundwork and investing in it so we can all benefit. This episode is brought to you by Lumi. I love when a brand is not only practical, effective, and clean, but also super fun and genius too. Enter Lumi, an outrageously effective whole body deodorant designed by an OBGYN to work not only on pits, but also feet, privates, and everywhere else we get odor. Genius. I've been using aluminum-free deodorant for years, and as such, I rarely smell except when I have what are called the anxiety sweats. It used to happen when I auditioned. Now it might happen when I'm doing a big interview or speaking in front of a large audience, precisely the time you don't want to stink. Well, now I can do big things without worrying about stinking up the room because I found Lumi. Guys, it is seriously so effective. Unlike certain deodorants that try to mask odor with fragrance, Lumi is formulated and powered by mandelic acid to stop odor before it starts. More like a pre-odorant. Lumi is clinically proven to block odor all day and control odor for up to 72 hours without aluminum, parabens, sulfates, baking soda, phthalates, or talc. I'm also obsessed with the deodorant wipes. My four and a half year old daughter refuses to wear socks and she wears the same pair of sneakers every day. I mean, the smell that wafts off her feet is mind-blowing coming from a body that small. The wipes, which are safe for the entire family, have changed our lives and seriously salvaged friendships. But don't take my word for it. Lumi has over 275,000 five-star reviews to show for it. 
Lumi's starter pack is perfect for new customers. It comes with a solid stick deodorant, cream tube deodorant, two free products of your choice like mini body wash and deodorant wipes, and free shipping. As a special offer for our listeners, new customers get $5 off a Lumi starter pack with code HEAL at lumideodorant.com. That equates to over 40% off your starter pack when you visit lumideodorant.com and use code HEAL. Lumi is spelled L-U-M-E, deodorant.com, use code HEAL. This episode is also brought to you by Needed. Did you know that 97% of women take a prenatal during pregnancy and 95% of those women are left nutritionally depleted? That is beyond disappointing, and it's also leaving the health of babies and mothers very compromised, which is precisely why two mothers who were trained nutritionists started Needed. Needed provides radically better nutrition for women at every stage of life. And now, Needed is recommended and used by more than 4,000 women's health experts, from nutritionists to midwives, functional medicine doctors, and OBGYNs. I wish I knew about Needed five years ago when I was pregnant. Needed would have given me peace of mind that at 39 years old, I was optimizing my health and the health of my baby at a time when everything was so new and overwhelming. The good news is, I'm still trying to stay vital and fertile for as long as possible. So Needed is helping me with their CoQ10, their prenatal multivitamin, and their egg quality supplement. And guys, just this week, I had my kinesiologist test to see if certain supplements were right for me and of high quality, and he was very impressed with Needed's quality. For me, that said everything. Head over to thisisneeded.com and use code HEAL for 20% off your first month of Needed products. That's thisisneeded.com and use code HEAL, H-E-A-L, for 20% off your first month of Needed products. In reading Smarter, Not Harder, actually more accurately listening to it to prepare for this interview, it is. There's so much in there that you can apply for free to your life. Um, but I also am aware of like bioindividuality and you know, there's all sorts of supplements that you that because of the demise of our food system and the chemicals that are ubiquitous in our environment, we need to supplement. But what 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 do you suggest is the right testing for people to find out what's right for them, or it, you know, or, or can we just kind of order a high quality supplement and start taking it because they feel like? I mean, we're we're all meat robots, okay. and, and there's a U.S. RDA recommended daily allowance, and that's what you will get, and you will like it. Damn it. <laughs> Or maybe the people who write those things don't care about you and they care about economics, which is what's actually going on. You're 100% right. The era of personalization is here. And this is why you can, and certainly most of my supplements are, it looks like I have, I want the, the results that this supplement is designed to create. The risk is very low. So I'm going to spend 20 bucks on the supplement I'm going to try it for a couple months. And if my brain woke up and I feel really good or, you know, I wake up and my libido is better than it was. Like, okay. It worked. There's nothing wrong with that. That's called science. I had a hypothesis. It would work. I tested the hypothesis. It worked. There you go. Could it be placebo? Yeah. Are pharmaceutical drugs considered effective if they're 10% better than placebo? Yeah. And if it was placebo, well, who cares? You got the results. It doesn't matter. Like, did you get the results? See, if you're a scientist who says only double-blind placebo-controlled studies paid for by big pharma are evidence and everything mm -hmm. else is dumb, well, then maybe you're bought and paid for. Because it turns out the most effective evidence is from an individual doctor. It's called clinical evidence. 
you know, in the 500 patients I have, I gave them this weird sheep dewormer and they all got better from whatever the disease I'm talking about is. Mm -hmm. I don't know which one that could be. Couldn't, couldn't imagine. That's clinical evidence. It's perfectly valid. And the fact that, you know, bullies with lots of money will say that's not valid, whatever. Like, I don't live in that world and you don't live in that world either. That's a that's a made up world that they can. It's like the line where like people yell at each other over politics. Like, don't we have better things to do? <laughs> so you get to choose what you do. So you can try a supplement. There's nothing wrong with that. And if it totally doesn't work and you wake up and, you know, your eyes are puffy and, you know, it's, it, it's you know, disaster pants time, don't take that supplement anymore. <laughs> it's not that hard. And I just want to say it's okay to do that because there's a lot of people listening who can afford, like, the most important supplement that I write about in Smart Not Harder. It's called Vitamin Dake. You can go to vitamindake.com and it's a, a combination of all the fat-soluble vitamins that your body needs to direct minerals to where they need to go. Okay. Most people can afford 20 bucks a month and it, it addresses so many different things in the body, different than just taking vitamin D or vitamin K separately. So, okay, that's probably what we're doing. And, and if you test or don't test, you'll be okay, mm -hmm. right? And you, I don't want testing to ever be an impediment to trying the basics. The other basic, by the way, is called Minerals 101 on the same site. So go to vitamindake.com and look at Minerals 101. Uh, and this is broad spectrum macro minerals all the big minerals your body needs since they're not in your food anymore and since you're exposed to way more toxins imagine this like okay body i overcame the muffins in bed and i'm going to the gym you go to the gym and you, you lift the stuff and then the body says okay now i need to get stronger all i need is some zinc and it looks around and goes i don't need zinc how about you have some stress because you're malnourished and it doesn't make the testosterone. It doesn't make the muscle fibers. It doesn't even make the ATP you're supposed to have to get energy. So it turns out if you just take vitamin Dake and minerals 101, you're solving tens of thousands of biochemical cascades that we're all deficient in. And if you've fallen for the plant-based diet nonsense that big food companies are trying to sell you right now, those foods strip minerals from your body. Mm. Even something like oatmeal which is supposed to be healthy. Oatmeal has another name. It's called gruel. And it's what they fed peasants in Europe when they weren't going to feed them the good stuff. And the reason oatmeal satisfies you is that it has lots of fiber, which makes you feel full. The reason it's not good for you is it actually has high doses of phytic acid, which pulls minerals out of your cells. So now you're getting weaker over time. It also has things that irritate the lining of the gut and other stuff like that. But it was better than starving to death. And you gave it to the peasants. They tilled the fields and you know they gave you 90% of their income so that you could eat whatever you wanted in your castle. <laughs> it's a really neat hack if you're a ruler and you convince the peasants that they want oatmeal instead of ground beef. Because then you get to eat all the ground beef yourself. And we have that going on right now. So don't fall for it. Fake burgers are fake. And... The only way I'm eating an insect burger is if the insects were fed the people who made the laws <laughs> that told me how to eat insects. So I don't think they're viable for either one of us now. It's very funny. Um, just in a continuation of this topic, <clears throat> you were raised by, you know, science. Wolves. Wolf. <laughs> you were also raised by wolves. Um, you know, engineers and, and rigid yeah. scientific you know, anything that wasn't based in science, they were skeptical of. And um, I just want you to like highlight based on sure. all of these industries that are captured and even our, you know, the science, like mm -hmm. why should people not just blindly say, well, like what are the fallacies of 
the science that people are claiming they're following these uh, days. Okay. One of the biggest ones is that a whole foods plant-based diet is good for you. Can you tell me what a whole food is? A whole pepper coming out of the ground? Okay. Do you eat the tomato? rind of the watermelon? Oh, no. What no. about the shell of a walnut? Nope. I'm sensing a logical inconsistency here, okay? <laughs> then we have a piece of wheat. Do you eat the shell of the piece of wheat with all of the toxins? Yeah, you do. It's called whole wheat. It's supposed to be better for you because fiber. Ignoring all of the other things that are in the outer part of the grain that are bad for you. Mm. Right? Or my favorite. Oh, my God. Rice. What is wrong? Okay. Every rice-eating country on the planet, and this is most of Asia and Southeast Asia, um, even other parts of the world, they know the peasants eat the brown rice because they can't afford the white rice. There's 80 times more arsenic in brown rice than white rice. There's things that irritate the gut. Everyone knows that brown rice causes bloating. Now, if you're very poor, there's more calories in brown rice and because vitamins. Guys, rice is not a source of vitamins. It just isn't. Vitamins come from other foods like animals. So rice is a source of energy and starch. So what they've always done is, well, let's get rid of that outer stuff that's not very good for you and eat the inner stuff, which is called white rice. So white rice is superior as a food source to brown rice. You can get your fiber from eat some broccoli if you want some fiber. But brown rice fiber is not good for you because it comes with phytic acid, because it comes with lectins, because it comes with all the things that irritate you. But in the West, some 1970s guy is like, well, I think maybe I should like run forever and I'm going to be on a low fat diet and I'm going to make up a whole foods diet, even though there's no such thing as a real whole food because I throw away some parts of foods and not others. But I'm going to eat all the most toxic parts of the foods because fiber and then I'm going to spread that around with the help of animal rights terrorists uh, called PETA. And I'm going to convince everyone to eat low quality foods that steal minerals. I'm like, that's not okay. This has been going on for a long time. And every time I write about this online, everyone from Asia, they start laughing. Like everyone knows the white rice is better. Like what's wrong with you Americans? Uh, but the bottom line is no brown rice is bad for you. White rice is better for you. All right. And I like just the basic, you know, the the Dake. Tell us the website again. Okay. <clears throat> vitamin Dake, vitamin D-A-K-E dot com. And the Minerals 101. That's, yep. that's just, just those basic Do those. Yeah. If you've been eating brown rice and legumes and even kale and spinach, there's things called oxalates, because I was a raw vegan, a devout raw vegan, not because of animals, but because I thought it was going to help my health. And there's three reasons people go vegan. It's either you do it because you think it's going to help your health. It will wreck your health. 80% of people quit when they get sick. Uh, then you have the animal rights radicalism. You're bad at math. You can eat a cow for an entire year and one animal dies, but every time you eat something that was cut up with a tractor, it cut up the snakes and bunnies, baby deer. It's like a killing field that made your healthy tofu. It just doesn't work. So deaths per calorie, I learned this in Tibet from a monk when I was debating about why if he says no killing, there's an animal skin on his prayer pole. He just laughed in my face. It's like one death feeds everyone. So guys, you want to kill us animals? Join me for a grass-fed ribeye. I'm serious. The math is very clear on that. And then the other one is this weird environmental thing about carbon. Animal poop soaks up carbon. Grass that rots in the field makes as much methane as a cow. So the only logical thing to do if you want to fix the carbon problem is to get rid of the politicians telling you carbon's a problem. Okay. <laughs>
All right. Well, that makes sense to me. And then there's the spiritual reason that I kind of sometimes feel guilty about, like all the spiritual teachers or masters or ones that I've met, like don't eat. It's meat. not true. Is that not true? Some okay. of them do and some of them don't. Okay. I've definitely sat uh, with, with some who are vegans and they'll tell you, you know, well, you pick up the energy of the animal. So let's be really clear. I eat grass fed animals. I built a regenerative farm and until I started spending more time in the US than Canada, all of my animals were raised by my family and me. Mm. And when you have that connection with animals, you wake up at three in the morning to birth the lambs. And small farmers all over the country put their life into their animals. And we have a sacred relationship between humans and our, our domesticated animals, including our farm animals. And it's that we nourish them and they nourish us. And they came into this world to experience gratitude. And this is why when you sit down with your amazing ribeye, you take 20 seconds and you give thanks. Mm. That's what the animals need to close the loop spiritually. And I have zero guilt over an animal that was raised outdoors and raised by someone who cares. And do I eat industrial meat that was killed in terror and raised in a factory? That is horrible. Mm -hmm. You don't do it. Yeah. So. I'm more in alignment with vegans than they think, although lots of them follow me and we're friends and we tease each other and all that. <laughs> but if you really care about animals, making them extinct because no one cares about them anymore and violating our agreement that we nourish them and they nourish us by saying, I'm not going to nourish you anymore mm -hmm. so you can't nourish me because I'm afraid of death, it doesn't make sense. And the biggest piece of evidence we have against a vegan diet comes from uh, Monica Hershaft. Have you interviewed Monica? I have not. Her, I think it was her grandfather, was the founder of PETA. And she tells the story, I interviewed her on, on the Human Upgrade podcast, where she was vegan and almost died. And she had to start sneaking meat. And by the time she was 30, she just had to become a, an omnivore to heal herself. And she talks about the origins of PETA and the animal rights movement. It was a guy who saw a concentration camp in World War II and came back to the U.S. and saw a slaughterhouse and it triggered him. And just said, I can't eat animals anymore. And he created a kind of a cult. And I was a vegan. Like, I, I was really into the vegan thing. It made me profoundly ill. I cracked teeth. It would shatter when I would eat. Oh, my God. I got autoimmune conditions. I had all kinds of joint pain all the time. And I loaded my body up with calcium crystals. I'm still getting out of my body. It's called calcium oxalate. There are people who've gone on 10-day spinach, kale, juice cleanses and ended up with kidney stones and died after 10 days because wow. the beginning fatal dose of this plant toxin i read a lot about it in smarter not harder it's five grams a day and a spinach kale smoothie can have one gram so if wow. you're pounding 32 ounce spinach kale smoothies and you wake up the next morning and your whole body hurts it's not detoxing you put razor sharp calcium crystals throughout your body and probably in your kidneys you don't have to do that wow that's crazy um Did you have some <clears throat> kale salad yeah let's go a raw kale um but it's funny because i tried to become a vegetarian like multiple times i was acting i was like i'm carrying this five pounds it must be because i eat yeah. meat and i was so i read blood type diet i'm o positive and i was like okay this is not working for me and i had like a bite of ground beef and i was like or a steak and i just felt like superwoman and i was oh, like yeah so all of that to say i am really into like tuning into what our body is telling us and what our body needs and each person mm -hmm. based on their background and, and culture and what they were raised on and health and all of that n might need different things or might not. 
um, if we get rid of the interference. But if we all do need different ratios of things like that. I, I don't know anyone whose ideal diet doesn't include animals, except for a few weird people living in caves. And I'm not saying we're in a bad way, but you know, if you're on a very specific spiritual path and you're not putting your body through things normal bodies go through, okay, fine, you do you. So that brings me to AI. Obviously, yeah. computer science guy, you know a lot about it. And machine learning, there's a lot of excitement, especially with diagnostics and health. Mm-hmm. Um, there's also a lot of dangers to it. What is your like, you know, viewpoint on AI? And then for me, what comes up is in order to navigate the information and the false realities that are going to inevitably be created or already created, um, you know, honing in or, or cultivating or strengthening or upgrading our divine intelligence, our soul intelligence, whatever mm-hmm. you want to call it, D-I-S-I, whatever you call it, um, our internal guidance system, how do we turn that volume up? Uh, this is an amazing question. Ever since about five years uh, of age, uh, we start processing the world with our brain, and we're taught that that's how you do it. And a lot of socialization is, okay, think about it, think about it, think about it. The way the body really works is it's the first line sensors of, of the world are mitochondria. It's a distributed network of trillions of these ancient bacteria embedded in our cells. They're not just power plants, they're sensors. And they sense reality first. And then they talk to each other via magnetism, via photons. By the way, there's studies that say everything I'm talking about, even though you don't believe me, via chemicals. <laughs> Uh, via things like quorum sensing and all this. You can Google, there's PhD quantum biologists who are studying how all this stuff works. And they decide what's going on and then they pass it up into your nervous system. And your nervous system passes it up into your brain. And it's invisible to you and me, but when I do this and I clap, you think, okay, well, it took a little while for the sound to reach from my hands to your ears and then you heard it, right? Mm -hmm. Well. If we had electrodes glued to your head, we would find that the sound reached your body and then 350 milliseconds, in other words, a third of a second after the sound hit your body, your body allowed your brain to get the first signal there was a sound. So in a third of a second, your body decided whether it was worth letting you hear the sound. So, oh my God, you mean my body is pre-processing reality and throwing away 95% of it before it can share it with my little slow brain? That's actually how it works. What do you think programs your body on what to pay attention to and not pay attention to? I don't know. Trauma. Oh, yeah. Growing up, learning how to survive in the world. Because when you're first born, even in the womb, you don't really have that much of a clue. So if something hurts, you don't do it anymore. Right? So all of us have trauma. And some of it's like little stuff. It just means when you were a kid, something really made you feel unstabilized. And it it could be something your parents didn't even know like you know you were screaming in the high chair and they didn't give you a cheerio and you just lost your shit mm-hmm. okay it left a mark like no there's no fault in it but stuff like that happens and you don't remember it but it's all in there and it influences how you feel so if i said something that triggered you i'm actually hitting that ancient network and maybe i said something a bully said or something that one of your parents said or it felt the same way and then before you can think your body goes danger and then you're going to be like, well, who do you think you are? And for every single person listening, if anything I said triggered you, it means you're carrying a loaded gun. That's what triggered is. And if I were you, I'd be kind of embarrassed about that because it means I can control you without your consent. And you should feel a little bit unsafe because of that. And maybe you should call a therapist and get over that because that's what grown-ups do. 
And that's what people who can listen to the difference between fear and intuition. And if you're really tuned in, and like I said, I had to reprogram all these systems. I spent many, many months with electrodes understanding this and studied with gurus like you have. Been around the world doing it. There's an inner knowing that happens slightly before a fear uh, or an emotional response to something. And what we learn, especially when we're really smart and when we're career driven and we, you know, we're highly successful people, we learn to ignore intuition and to go with thought. So say you're interviewing someone or you're about to go on a date and let's say, like, you know, my body is like, it, it doesn't feel safe or it doesn't feel good. And like, I have this feeling, but then you go, well, that's probably just nerves. Okay. That was your intuition telling you that's not a safe person, but then your brain overrides the intuition. And then you have an experience that you didn't want to have, you know, the person was a jerk or whatever. Well, if you can learn the difference of feeling between an intuitive knowing, which is fast and clean, and then notice yourself telling yourself, yeah, let's just throw that off to the side and let's go with the thought. That's what ego does. So the more you can silence your ego, the ego is just your mitochondria trying to keep you alive at the end of the day, then the more you're in touch with just knowing. And some of the greatest leaps in science have come from just knowing. And sometimes if I'm up at two in the morning writing one of my books, I'll just have this aha moment where I just know. Uh, for instance, in the Bulletproof Diet, I wrote about C8 MCT. There's four kinds of MCT oil mm -hmm. and the one with eight carbons in it, it just works better. And it was an intuitive knowing and a felt sense. And so I wrote about it and said, don't have studies, but it works much better than the other ones. And five years later, uh, Dr. Kinane at UC San Diego comes up with a study that, that shows, oh look, it's way more ketogenic than the other ones, right? I didn't have a study, I had a knowing. Mm -hmm. And that's a very small example, but you look at you know Watson and Crick and people, they, they just wake up and it's there. Mm -hmm. So your job is to be intuitive. The other thing that I would call out is that when you look at the way society has almost always worked, if you were to flip a coin and you have an average woman and an average man, Who's likely to be more intuitive? Woman. Average woman. Sorry. You sexist. <laughs> oh my God. I'm so triggered. Yes, it's it's women. And I have a, a radical theory about why. Wanna hear it? I do. Okay. If you believe me that mitochondria are environmental sensors and they are, okay, where do they sit? Okay. In your brain, there's fifteen thousand of these per neuron. In your heart, there's fifteen thousand of them. Let's see, do we feel stuff in our heart? Do we feel stuff in our brain and think about stuff? Yes, these are power centers. And those are the richest cells in the body, except for women. Cells in the ovaries have 100,000 mitochondria per cell. So I truly think that women have an unfair advantage in intuition. And this is one of the reasons that men and women partner really well, because it turns out men also have some capabilities that women don't have. We don't have extra mitochondria in our balls. <laughs> um, but we can sense safety and create safety in a way that women can't because we have bigger muscles on average, right? And there are women who could kick my ass in Brazilian jujitsu and all that kind of <laughs> stuff, right? But on average, like this is how it works. So if you have someone who's like, I can handle the physical shit and someone who says, I can handle the intuitive shit and guys, I have intuition. I've trained my intuition. It's pretty good now. Um, but it's harder work and the very best intuitive men, I don't think are ever going to beat the very best intuitive women.
mm. right? And they're, feels right to me. They're different energetics, <laughs> and I mean, some of the the guru guys, you know, they walk in a room and it's like Neo with ones and zeros, but you put them next to the intuitive women, and they have different views of reality. But I'm going to listen to the women, and I'm going to listen to the men. But I give women an edge on intuitive, so it's okay. Just how do you do it? Well, you check in with yourself and say, I think this is it, and then ask a woman who knows you well. And we all know our women who are more intuitive and more tuned into their bodies because intuition is an embodiment. Mm -hmm. It's not a thought. It comes in through your feet. It comes in through your root chakra and it comes in through your whole body and you just know in your bones and you know it actually in your reproductive system and you know it in your heart and in your gut. And so when all of those are in a line, like that's a yes. Well, it's probably a yes, right? And if after that you go, well, it can't be a yes because you know I don't like his shirt. Well, get over yourself. Yeah. yeah. And just like you healed your brain and it's like if we upgrade our system and our software and our hardware yeah. and our firmware, which I don't even know what that is, but I heard you talk about it. I mean, I know that it exists in the <laughs> computer world, but I couldn't define it. Um, then those signals that are meant that are put in place, yeah. the intuitive channels do become stronger. So you yeah, know. we turn down the fear and we turn up the electricity, yeah. more electricity, stronger channels. Yeah. It's like in the old days of radios. If you had a really good radio, you could like listen to a radio around the planet, you know? And if you just had a normal one, you could just pick up the little local station. I did that when I was 12. I don't know if anyone listening still remembers that, but um, the idea here is that if you have a really powerful flashlight, you can see further. Like if you know that there's a difference in signal strength. Mm -hmm. And I just want you to have the strongest possible ability to pick up the subtle signals from the universe around you, whether you're a man or a woman, Right? And the cool thing is if you can pick those up, you can certainly pick up signals from another person. And I don't mean like the stuff they'll teach you in NLP or in pickup artist land. And, <laughs> you know, if you look, look your eyes up to the right and you turn your head, I don't know, it's not my space, but, you know, they make up all this stuff that apparently works. Those are brute force brain hacks. And what we're talking about is you can actually feel another person and it's not with your five senses. And that's what we're all capable of doing. So good. There's so much, but just I, there's you include in in smarter not harder and in biohacking, you know the the need the importance of dealing with your emotional trauma because that really does affect the interference yeah. in your system, neurofeedback. All there's all the techniques in smarter not harder. So go check that out. To finish, what does a currently? I know it's changing often. What does a typical day look like in your life on your farm? Mm, like well, for your your maintenance of this i'm i'm not on the farm anymore 39 year old I'm, I'm in austin most of the time okay. now. I, I move back and forth between canada and austin but i spend most of my time uh, in the sun right now because i'm opening an upgrade labs there uh, and sometimes i miss the farm because you know it's peaceful and quiet the other side of being human is you need nature but you also need community and this is a difficulty because Small farmers today, 90% of them have a day job and they're struggling to make ends meet. And all we have to do is go buy their food directly from them and it solves the problem mm. and it lets them flourish. If instead, you know, Whole Foods slash Amazon buys the food from the farmer, they make pennies and they're always struggling and it's, it's unfair. And this is happening globally. This mm. is why in France and Germany right now, the farmers are basically locking down the entire country because they're getting set up like American farmers and they're smart enough to do something about it. Uh, so I'm, I'm hopeful that everyone listening just says, Oh my God, I'll go to the farmer's market. Or I'll find a local farmer and say, Hey, can I buy half a cow? 
and you'll save money. And the farmer's like, thank you. I actually made my money back mm. versus if they go the commercial route. So you know, yeah. Instacart might not be your friend in, in that mode. Uh, so what does life look like for me? Um, seeing friends is really important and seeing sunshine is important. So I like Canada in the summer when it's warm. And then in the winter, many Canadians go to somewhere warm because being in darkness all the time is really bad for you. And it's you know one of the things that, that people live in the dark. I was up there for 13 years most of the time. Uh, and now that I'm spending a little bit more time in sun, it's helped my health enormously. So what does it look like? I wake up, um, I take supplements that require an empty stomach. I make some danger coffee. I go outside and hop in the cold plunge. I usually do an IG live from the cold plunge. And I'm I've Dave seen them. Asprey. By the way, Super fun. Uh, last night about 11 o'clock, I crossed over to a million followers on Instagram. So oh, thanks, guys. congrats. Yeah. That's exciting. And I was like, wow, that's <laughs> totally unexpected. That's amazing. Um, and so I'll do a, an Instagram live, and that's when everyone's like, well, I don't know. I think he's fat because I'm 6.5% body fat. Like You're going to body shame me for doing a yeah. cold plunge. and like, okay, I'm fat, whatever. I don't care. Oh, my God. People are crazy. They are. Uh, but you got to love them. And usually, do you know what I do now? This is, you should try it. Okay. When people just say ridiculous things online, I just say, so's your mom. <laughs> yeah. It's like it's my favorite response because it's like, yeah. your stuff is meaningless. Let's just go there. Yeah, so, that's funny. Uh, I'm not sure what's going to happen, but that's my new strategy because it just makes me laugh every time. <laughs> so I'm very mature. Uh, and then after that, I, I go through, I'll do another maybe hour of different biohacks. Um, lately, I've been doing more of the 40 years of Zen meditations. I've got our newest beta stuff I'm playing with, so I get to go to these altered states. And then I have an, an assistant who sets up my calendar for me. So I just, I'm running, it's like Tetris the rest of the day, yeah. you know, Zoom calls and podcasts and working on whatever I'm working on. And then uh, I like to end around five or six. I'll usually have some grass fed whatever for dinner, uh, hopefully with my girlfriend. Um, but she's, if she, I don't know, if she's busy, then I'll do more stuff in the evening. And if she's not busy, then we hang out. Like it's, it's a normal life. Amazing. And what time do you knock off to sleep? Usually. I was a 2 a.m. person for the great majority of my life. And there's a, an amazing window between 11 p.m. and 2 a.m. And if you have darkness and candlelight and red lights and stuff, you can do without breaking your body. But with all the stuff that I do with biohacking, I manage to move my circadian window. So I go to bed around 10.30 or 11, uh, which is a big accomplishment. People who are night owls to be able to do that. It's all about the lighting in your house and when you eat dinner. So if as long as I get those right, I'm going to go to bed relatively on time. And if it's, you know, more of a night with, uh, you know, an activity or something or just intimacy, it's going to take a couple more hours and I'm okay with that too. Amazing. Well, thank you for coming. I know you're so busy running all your companies and, you know, upgrading humanity. So I really appreciate oh. your time and your wisdom. Mm -hmm. And it was just great to hang out with you. Thanks for sharing all the knowledge and wisdom on your show as well. And for, for people listening, you have way more control of your biology and your life than you would think, than you would see on Instagram, uh, or if you still watch the news on the news. It, it, there's just abundant knowledge and opportunities. It's not expensive. You just need to know what to do. You're going to take this much time, take the same amount of time and do something that works better. Your body will be happy. You get your energy back, you get your life back. You have to buy smaller pants. Like, it all works, and, <laughs> and it's getting cheaper and cheaper. So we've got you. Amazing. Thank well, you. I can't wait to try 40 Years of Zen, and then I'll come back and do a solo episode about it. But uh, it. all right. In the meantime, get smarter, not harder. I know it's not going to change your life, but it will change yours. Mm -hmm. And uh, thank you. Thank you. 
Thank you for listening to The Heal Podcast. Be sure to tune in every Thursday for more empowering wisdom and inspiring healing stories. And make sure you hit the follow button on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts so you don't miss that one episode that holds the answer you've been searching for. And please rate and review us so that we can grow and reach more people. Thanks so much and be well.